Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome to episode 35 of The Burt Not Ernie Show podcast where, you know, we're just all about getting the promises of God into the people of God, where they belong. They belong inside of you, where you can believe them. Like they don't belong in some far off, mystical, mysterious place. They belong in you because they're yours. They're for you. And the word of God is living and active. He is so for you. If you knew how for you he was, you'd be blown away. And one of the ways he shows you how for you he is, is by his promises. So get the promises of God into the people of God, because that's where they belong. Okay, so uh, you can live them then, right? You can really live out those promises, and you can really believe those promises. When you live believing, things change. Like, you know, everything changes. Everything changes. And you can also speak those promises over other people. When you're praying God's promises over other people, uh, that's amazing. You're literally speaking life over them. You're speaking life over people when you speak God's promises over them. And I want to just remind you of something that maybe you haven't thought about in a while. Never speak death over your situation, over your circumstances, over your life. Don't speak death type things. And and it may not even be literal death, but don't don't even speak over yourself. Well, I can't, I could never do that. How do you know what God might call you to and equip you to do? You don't know. Don't speak death over any aspect of your life or other people's lives. Don't speak death over people. Speak life. When we've got the promises of God, the word of God, which is the entire book, the entire book is God-sized hope and God-sized promises. If you think about it, the Bible is, is a book of promise. There's so much hope all through the word of God. When God's word is in our heart and in our mind, then God's word is going to come out of our mouths. When, when God's word is in our heart and our mind, that's what's going to come out of our mouths. That's how we can speak life over people, over circumstances, the whole shebang. Um, who, who can you bless today? Who can you encourage today with a promise from the Lord? That's kind of my challenge, my homework for you. Who can you bless and encourage today with a promise from the Lord? I've got somebody in mind. I hope you find somebody to bless today too. Okay, we are going to get into it. Here it is. Episode 35, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 5, and uh, I'm in the Amplified today. Hey, shocker. Okay, it says this, truly is not my house so blessed with God, for he has made an everlasting covenant with me, ordered in all things and secured, for will he not cause to grow and prosper all my salvation and my every wish? Will he not make it grow and prosper? Wow. Okay, so 2 Samuel chapter 23, these are some of David, King David's last words, kind of a, actually it's his last song. Uh, he 
he was from the time he was a shepherd boy, he wrote and made music unto the Lord. So the Psalms are all actually songs. Most of you know that some of you may not. So they would have been like praise and worship type stuff. And he did them tucked away out there with just um, the sheep as a shepherd, the youngest in a family of a whole lot of brothers. He, he worshiped the Lord and wrote music to his God there in the little tucked away private place. And so, of course, he was going to continue to do that in the very public place. So who's looking and who's listening when the mighty king of Israel is, is saying some of his last words? A lot of people. A lot of people were paying attention. He did the same thing in that environment that he had done way back in his young days as a young boy. Imagine him as young as like 11, 12 years old and just out there praising the Lord, making, excuse me, making music to his God. Think about that. What you do tucked away in private is what God may well put on display later on in public. In fact, he does it a lot. You know, one of the things that's very interesting, the longer I live, the more I see the truth of Jesus's words that nothing hidden will not be brought to light. Do you not see that? Do you not see people that when they're, it might be famous people, that's who typically comes to mind in our media saturated age, um, things are brought to light and you go, oh, I didn't know that was there or wow, that's amazing. I had no idea. He will bring things to light. So what you're doing in private could be what you end up doing in public, uh, choose wisely. And if you have like a small, um, I don't necessarily want to say ministry, but like circle of influence, or like you feel like something that you want to do for the Lord is just so small, just keep doing it small and, and wait to see what he does to make it big. One of my, um, well, I don't know. I don't really know her personally, but I, I talk with her sometimes via Instagram. So, um, direct messaging and things. And she has said, um, she's a writing, writing mentor, Writing, that sounded weird in my British, writing, a writing mentor. And she says, if you will deepen the message, God will broaden it when he's ready. And that's kind of been just what I've done. Um, just keep deepening the message. I don't even care about being broadened. I don't, I really, I actually really don't. Uh, I would rather just be small potatoes with my little group of friends. I'd be the best. But um, I say that because it just is such a reminder in all areas of our life that we can want to do the big thing or even move on to the next thing. And the best thing can be just right where you're at, just deepening the message. I've grown to where I just so love growing myself in the Lord, like me with Jesus seeing what happens next. Uh, the rest of it is really just, it's its not even gravy. I don't even think of it. It's just like not even there. And I encourage everybody listening to seek the Lord for what does deep in the message look like in your life? You know, what does it look like in your life? And I have some people outside doing work like back behind our house. So if you hear that, um, I'm really sorry. And I don't know what I can do about it, but I'm just going to keep going and talk louder, talk a little louder. Maybe they can't hear it. Okay. So second Samuel 23, five last words, his last words. This is like his last song. Uh, it's amazing. Think of the Psalms that he wrote. Think of the book of Psalms and just what we have in God's word that, that our, we can pray a Psalm of David. And it's like, our heart is just pouring out before the Lord. This is his last song. He's laying it all out. Like all that God had done for him, boom, it's right there. He's praising him and thanking him. All that God had promised to keep on doing after him, because David had promises about his lineage that went all the way to Jesus. Jesus was going to come through David's line. Um, it's uh, 
Have you ever heard of the thing called the Jesse tree? It starts with David and goes all the way through to Jesus. Well, it's he he was praising God for all that he was going to keep on doing even after David would die. He knew he was going to die. This is not a greedy gimme 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 thing. Like you you hear some of those words, um will he not give me my every wish? Uh, look, it's don't look at that and think of it as greedy gimme gimme gimme. I think at this point in David's life, he knew what mattered. Trust me, he had so much wealth and money and power. He was not talking about money and he was not talking about power. If there was more that he wanted, it was more of the Lord and more of what the Lord wanted for him. Anybody want to raise their hand and second that and say, yep, I'm old enough to know that stuff is nonsense. And the older you get, if you keep walking with Jesus, you'll keep walking closer with Jesus. If you keep walking with him, it's a byproduct. It's automatic. You'll get closer to him. And you'll see that what really matters is him. And the rest of it is just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's just him. So David, this isn't a greedy, gimme, gimme, gimme type of a thing. This is just David's, this is his reality. He knew what God had done for him. And he knew that God was going to do everything he had promised to keep doing after him. This is David's truth. When we praise the Lord, we don't want to just be reading the words on the big screen at church We want to be from our heart saying, this is my reality. This is my truth. This is what I'm thanking you for, God, what you've done, what I know because it's mine and it can't be taken from me and what I therefore know you're going to do in the future, right? Which is keep all his promises. Absolutely. So this is a big promise that David is talking about. These are big, big words. It's amazing. And I love when he says, therefore, he has made me an everlasting covenant. Yeah, he's made one with you too, believe it or not. And I think you probably do believe it, but some people have never really kind of just sat for a moment with the Lord and said, what does that mean for me, this covenant that you've made? Because we can think of the, the old covenant and the new covenant and Jesus is the way we get to heaven is by means of Jesus sacrifice only, period. Nothing added to it. That's Jesus did it all. Uh, that's our new covenant, but it's also, so we think of it as like for, for all mankind, because he did die for everyone. He loves the whole world. John three sixteen for God so loved the world, so loved, but he also has a covenant just with you. Um, he loves you as much as he loves the whole world. This is a big, big promise here from second Samuel 23. Um, big deal promises. Do you have big deal promises for your life? Like, are, can you say, like David said, these make these mighty, huge, big declarations? Can you make those? We all need to be able to. It's an important part of being in God's kingdom is praising him and thanking him and believing him. But uh, so what if these are these seem too big? So what if they're huge? Do we not serve a big God? Yeah, the biggest. So he can make all the big declarations through us that he wants to, and then he's responsible to to make them work out because he's a big God. He's big enough for us to go big, if that makes sense. Okay. My biggest takeaway, boy, I keep using that word big. I guess that's my word of the day. My biggest takeaway from this verse is to celebrate what God has done in my life. And also like, it's a key to, let me see, how do I want to, I want to be boisterous. I want to be over the top, super thankful in the way that I celebrate not only everything God has already done in my life, but everything he is going to do, all that he has promised, everything that lies in my future and in my descendants' future, I want to celebrate that as much as I celebrate what I've already seen come to pass. So it's August of 2020. 
right? This is my, my birthday is in August. So some people don't like the month of August because it tends to be hot and it's like, you know, back to school, which isn't entirely, um, as weird for kids this year. If they want to go back to school, I guess is what it is. So, uh, it's like a different kind of an August, I guess I'm saying. So my birthday's in August. I have an affinity for this month, even when it's a normal August and, and people are just like, Oh, August. I like it, but it's, I get that not everybody likes the month of August. It's August in 2020 and we've got an uncertain fall lying before us. So that makes this the perfect time to celebrate God's promises, right? When you're standing on the brink of uncertainty, what, what do you have as a Christian that's certain? You know God's word is true. You know his promises are true. So it doesn't even really matter that you're standing on the brink of uncertainty because you're also standing firmly on the rock of solid, absolute truth and certainty. So you're safe there. That makes this the perfect time to celebrate God's promises. To make a declaration is an attitude right? It's an attitude of joyfulness is what the way we want to be to make this declaration. This isn't like the declaration of independence and I declare war, you know, we're done with y'all. No, this is a joyful declaration. This, this is showing that we're excited that we're going to get to see the goodness of the Lord in our own lives. Celebrate the Lord, celebrate the Lord. That's a really, really good, good use of our time to set aside a little bit of time and celebrate the Lord. Okay, now we're going to move a little farther in our Bible to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. Okay, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to tell you part of what verse 9 says. So I won't quote verse 9, I'll just kind of reference it. 55, 8 of Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And then verse 9 goes on to say that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he's like really making sure we get the point that his thoughts and his ways are not like ours. They are higher. They are grander. They're so far above and beyond us. We can't even, we can't, we can't grasp it, right? So for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, no, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. This is like a vast ocean size verse of promise. And I do mean that ocean size. I want you to think about the ocean. This verse lies before us like the ocean lies before you when you're standing on the shore. So you know how small you feel when you're just, you're standing there, you're on the, um, the, the beachhead or wherever you might be, you're standing there just on the shore looking out. Now think about when it's stormy. If you've ever been on the beach when it's kind of stormy, it's pretty cool. It's very unique. So get a picture in your mind. If you haven't ever been, get a picture of, I don't know, some weather forecaster standing on the beach as a hurricane gets closer and, you know, it's just that, get that image in your mind of what the ocean looks like when it's stormy. You see water and you've got waves and some of them, you know, waves are deceptive. They maybe don't look that big when they're far off. And as they get closer, they get bigger, which they literally get bigger because the ocean floor rises up to meet the shoreline. And so, the, the depth isn't there. So the waves get higher and taller, right? But sometimes there's a wave way out there and you're like, oh yeah, oh that, yeah, that's way bigger than I think. I'm so far away. I can't see how big it is. But when there's a storm, you can just see the, the massiveness of some of those waves. So you've got water, you've got huge waves, you've got the power of the ocean, just churning clouds. 
like just and they move in unique ways when there's a storm over the water like the clouds are are rolling and the wind is whipping and it gets loud like terribly loud okay got that image in your mind how small do you feel if you're if you're standing on the shore with all that going on around you and before you how small do you feel if you were out there way out there, not just a little ways out there, way out there, dropped in the, I don't know, somewhere, lots of miles out off the coast in the Atlantic during a storm, in a life jacket, just bobbing along. How much control would you actually have? How much control? Like your life would not exactly be your own in that moment. It would be totally owned and at the mercy of the powerful forces going on all around you. You can't swim your way out of that situation. If you're the in the middle of the Atlantic in a storm, In a life vest, you're not swimming your way out of it. It's big. It's so vast. It's so just massive. Okay, so this is really kind of what comes to mind when I read this verse. It's beyond us. It's beyond my ability or your ability to fully understand how big and vast and powerful and massive and incomprehensible God's ways, God's thoughts, and God's promises to us are. They're huge. They're huge. I can't even begin to imagine how God thinks because his thoughts are not my thoughts. They're not like the way I think. They're so much higher than mine. And the same is true for you. I'm limited in my ability to guesstimate what God might be thinking. I'm really limited. My hands are pretty tied there. I'm under the influence of my own brain, so to speak, and God is not of my mind. And so I really cannot grasp hold of or assume what he might be thinking, what he's actually doing in my life, what I can see up front and out loud and what's going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. Uh, I can't, and I sure don't know what's in my future. I I can't, look, it's not fathomable. We just can't fathom it. Think about Megamind, it's unfathomable. Yeah, it's unfathomable. That's good. That's good. You're probably thinking, I don't get it. Why is that good? Well, because we don't really actually want a God who fits into a box. I know you know that's true. You might sometimes sort of kind of wish you would fit into the box that you've created because then you wouldn't feel so uncertain maybe all the time. Turn it around and look at your uncertainty as a blessing, maybe a blessing in disguise, but it's a blessing because, look, we don't really want a God who stays within the parameters of our limited and finite understanding. Think what would happen if God were in our boxes. There'd be like no Red Sea parting with dry land appearing for them to walk on and water heaped up like walls on either side of them. That would not happen if God had to play by our understanding. Jesus rising from the dead. That's not likely how the Jews thought that their Messiah was going to come in and solve the problems they were facing. But God looked at the real problems right? He solved the real problems of sin and death. Those are the real problems. Those are the big rocks that needed to go in the jar. Sin and death, he dealt with them at the cross. He solved those problems. He's got eternal life for all who believe on him. That maybe isn't what they ever would have dreamed the Messiah was going to look like. Thank God that he doesn't have to fit in our parameters. That's a good thing. It's so good. Yeah, we feel a little bit confused at times, but you know, really, that's not the end of the world. We have the word of God to go back to again and again and again to shore us up in our times of confusion and to even eliminate confusion. We have the mind of Christ, so we may not know exactly what he's going to do. and can't see all that he's up to, 
because his ways and thoughts are so beyond us, but we can have the mind of Christ, but we can have the peace that Jesus promised us. We never have to walk in a state of continual stress, uncertainty, and overwhelm. It's a good thing that our God is so much bigger than us. So let's lean in and embrace it, even when maybe our flesh is screaming out and saying, I don't like this. I don't know what's going on. That's okay. Your kids don't always know what's going on when you're parenting them. It's okay to not always know what's going on. It really is. Childlike trust is a beautiful thing. When your kids trust you, even though you can tell they're a little bit nervous and afraid and uncertain, but you know what the end result's going to be when they trust you, that's so great. That's so great. All the fight is taken out of the circumstance, whatever it might be. And you can just really uh, enjoy your child and they can enjoy you. And there's just a new depth of love that takes place in a father-child or mother-child relationship when they trust you without wavering, even when they don't get what's going on. God wants us to be that same way. Jesus talked about um, coming to him with a childlike faith. Let's be about that right now as we stand on the shore of what looks like a really uncertain season. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to walk through it the way we want our kids to walk through things with us when we know the end result. And he knows, trust me, he wrote the end of the story. So he knows what gets us to the end of the story. Okay. Um, so it is really, really good that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. He does the impossible. That's why he's known as the God of the impossible, because he does the impossible. He does impossible things. So my finite thoughts, they just can't comprehend the impossible. Neither can yours. Sometimes we really do just want to, um, we want to just be so trusting that we get our minds blown by the impossible that we get to see happen right before our very eyes. We may never have ever dreamed in a million years such a thing could occur, but boom, it's occurring. So, you know, we've been on this one theme park ride uh, several times and like in the little holding room before you get to go on the ride, there's this weird video and the the cartoon scientist says, he says something about cause that to accurulate. And I almost, instead of occur, I almost said accurulate. That's not a word. I just, so if you ever hear me say accurulate, you'll know I'm quoting a weird theme park ride video thing. So, but sometimes we have never dreamed a thing like that could occur and we get to see it happen. It's ultimately a very good thing to not know what we don't know. God belongs and will always remain well outside all of our parameters, our boxes of what we are able to understand. He belongs outside of that. He created us. We can't possibly understand the way he thinks. We can't. We just can't. It's a good thing that he operates as God and not down on our finite level. Thank God that his thoughts and his ways are so much higher and beyond ours. You just, you never know. You never know what adventure, what plot twist, what amazing fulfilled promise of God lies right around the next bend in the road. And so even the uncertainty, we can celebrate it and be excited about it because our God is so trustworthy. He's so trustworthy. Okay. Um, um, boy, I feel like, do I have my preachy pants on today? I get excited. I got my, my excited voice on. If I'm too much for you, I'm really sorry. Um, I hope I'm not. I hope this gets you more excited about God's word. Cause these are, these, these words are for you that he holds the very keys of life. Jesus is the word of life. Let it be the word of life to you today in your situation. Psalm 94, 18 last verse for today still in the Amplified. It says this, 
If I say, my foot has slipped, your compassion and loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. I kind of want to scream and do the ack scream, you know, like how great is this? And there's that word will. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know how I feel about the word will. When you see the word will in one of God's promises, underline it twice in your Bible and say it out loud and put an emphasis on the will as you say it. If I say my foot has slipped, your compassion and loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. Uh, Yeah, boom, drop the mic, drop the mic. Okay, let's get into this before I let you go for the day. We started with David's last song. He was testifying via praise and worship because it was a song. So yeah, singing, you know, you sing a song. He was, he was testifying to the goodness of God via praise and worship. He's talking about God's covenant. Uh, then we looked at that verse from Isaiah that we just, it reminds us what a gift it is, that God's thoughts and God's ways are so much higher than ours. And now we're here in Psalm 94. We're looking at a verse that brings us back around to God's loyal covenant love. Okay, pull back in if I lost you for a minute. This verse talks about God's loyal covenant love. I want you to grab on that word covenant. That's going to be your new best friend for like the rest of this week, okay? Verse 18 is a stark reminder that we serve a covenant God. He makes a covenant with each one of us, and then he faithfully keeps that covenant with each one of us. No one is forgotten. No one is missing. No one gets passed over or left behind. This is important. Once you know God as a covenant-keeping God, you cannot ever unknow it. I'm going to say it again. Once you know God as a covenant-keeping God, as your own personal covenant-keeping God, you can't not know that he's a covenant-keeping God. Look up the definition of that word covenant sometime. Like I said, this is your word for the week. It's going to be your BFF. So look up a definition of the word covenant. You will see how big a deal it is that God put the word covenant in his word, that he chose to use that specific word when talking about promises between him and man. It's a big deal. He is telling us how serious he is about keeping the promises he's made in his word. Literally, God initiating the use of the word covenant. God letting himself be known, making himself known as a covenant-keeping God. This tells us how serious he is about keeping his promises that he's made. He's made you promises, and he's a covenant God. He's not going to not keep those promises, period, period. Verse 18, if I say, so if it ever happens that in my life I feel unstable, unsteady, like I'm losing my footing, um, losing some ground, and things they just are feeling shaky. If I feel that way, I need to say, Lord, Lord, I'm slipping here. I'm slipping here. Okay, here's our promise. You ready? You ready for it? Then he rushes in. He rushes in with his compassion, which is limitless, and his loving kindness, which knows no end, no end. Your slipping foot, your slipping foot cannot, um, it can't, slip past God's compassion and loving kindness. It can't uh, bypass it. It can't mess it up. It can't screw it up. It can't lose it. Your slipping foot will be grabbed and borne up and shored up. Like when he holds us up, all the slipping is stopped. When he holds us up, all slipping is stopped. Is anybody feeling this today? Am I the only one? I don't know. I, I don't think I'm the only one. 
that's God's promise to you. That's God's promise to you. So I covered a lot of ground and did kind of a round around background, you know, started with covenant, ended with covenant, uh, the vastness of God. I covered a lot of ground today, uh, but this is, these, these are the exact, and I do mean this, these are the exact verses God told me to talk about today. And you might think God told you, yeah, he actually did. I spent a lot of time in the word of God and in prayer. And he really, um, these were not in my normal daily reading. I just, he just uh, showed me these verses and said, talk about them. So for somebody, this is a word. And that might sound weird to people. Some people might be like, what do you mean God talks to you? Well, no, I don't hear an audible voice. I just, uh, but I have the Holy Spirit indwelling me as do all believers. And he guides us and he leads us right? We know that's true. Well, he guides and leads me via his word primarily. And so um, I read the word, I pray about the word. uh, I lean in and I think, what, how does this apply to today? I don't want to read this and just think of thousands of years ago when David wrote this, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me how this applies today. And then he does. So that's not, um, I don't think that's abnormal at all. Serving a living God should involve communicating with the living God. That's what a relationship is. And we don't have religion. We have relationship. Thank you, Jesus. And so it's a, it is definitely uh, one of, I communicate with him. And I, when I pray, I pray expecting an answer. When I sit and listen, I really do want to hear what the Lord's will is. So uh, no, not with an audible voice, but absolutely. Um, did he lead me to this? Yes, he did. So if this is for you, Walk in it. Grab hold of it. Be blessed by it today. God loves you so much. He is your personal covenant God, and he keeps his promises. He will not break covenant with you. Okay. Um, Golly, I think that's about it. If I have been every other week the last couple of weeks instead of every week of the podcast because I have been crazy busy with um, uh, conference work, I did what normally I allot 10 weeks to do. I got that much work done in about eight days, which sounds crazy, but that's how, how hard and fast I had to hit it. A friend of mine put together um, kind of a last minute conference for homeschooling uh, and asked me if I would speak, put together three conference sessions. So I did. Um, and it's last minute because uh, she is probably like a lot of us where you just feel like you really want it to help people who are in that boat for this season, you know, due to COVID who are on the homeschool train for a little while and maybe temporary and and repurposing some stuff that we had already done for prior conferences, which are for people who are who had been homeschooling for a while or um, were going to be doing this for the next XYZ. COVID schooling is just feels different. And so she asked if I would help put together some things. And so I did. And I'm praying it blesses some moms who just need to know um, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It really is. God is so faithful. It's going to be all right. And then I did a little um, prayer retreat thing in a Facebook group. If you're interested in that, I will I will add the link to that. It, it's over, um, but you can. So it's not live, but you can join the group. Um, it's not free or anything. It's just a private group for the sake of privacy because prayer requests. Uh, you can join it and you can watch the videos and leave comments and we pray for one another. Um, but that was uh, a little bit of work. And then I've had more personal things going on than you ever could possibly imagine. What in the world? It's so crazy. Like the whole year has felt like, uh, I said recently that I felt like, is 2020 not the lo- has it not been the longest decade of your life? And that's how the first seven months felt. And then I hit August. Man, I'm on fast forward. I don't know if anybody else is, but I am just uh, 
now I'm cooking with gas, you know, things are flying by. So I hope to be back to every week podcasting again. But if I'm off next week and then back to the next one, um, you'll know that it's because I still have, um, yeah, I'm not even gonna tell you what all I have to do. I have a lot to do in a short amount of time, but God is good. God is good. Is he not? I just want to pray for you before I let you go and pray a blessing over you today. Father, for everyone listening to this podcast today, Lord, would you just touch them with your Holy Spirit? You know what each of their exact and most pressing points of need is, Lord. So I ask you to meet them at that place of need, that there would be something that they would encounter. Um, If not in this podcast, which it probably won't be, but in their daily reading time, if they listen to another radio show and a worship song, um, a a letter in the mail, um, it could be anything, Lord, somebody speaking to them at their workplace, give them a word that they will know is from you, you speaking into that exact situation. Be their Jehovah Jireh God, their provider, not just financially, but in every single aspect of their lives. Bless them abundantly that they would know that they're in a covenant with you and you don't break covenant with your children. You're a loving father. You're a good father. Thank you that your ways are higher than our ways, that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Do the impossible. Do the impossible in our lives today. And Lord, as we just pause to celebrate you and thank you for all you've done and for all that you're going to do, may you just be glorified. May you be glorified as we live our lives. Let us just live them daily to glorify you and to expect to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And why not now, Lord? Why not even right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, Lord bless y'all. I'll be back here next time. Thanks for hanging out with me. And uh, I'm going to continue to pray over you. I know I don't know who the exact yous are that listen, but I'm going to pray over you as an overall group that um, you would see God do the impossible and that you would know that wherever you feel like your foot is slipping, man, man, he's coming in. He's rushing in with his compassion and his loving kindness, and he's going to shore you up and solidify that ground underneath of you. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.